Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Good evening everyone and welcome to another week of Community Zone here on 106.1 FM Wellington Access Radio. My name is Simon Howard and coming up in the next hour we are taking a look at the very best of what's happening across Porniki on stage and on screen. Two really cool interviews coming your way between now and six o'clock so don't go anywhere. First up, The Wedding Singer Musical arrives at the Opera House from this Friday. It is the first large-scale musical from Australia to come and tour to Aotearoa since COVID began. Uh, I'm delighted to say that Robbie Hart, uh, Christian Cherisiu, the lead in the show, joins me um, in just a few minutes' time to discuss this classic 90s adaptation uh, celebrating all things 80s. Then I'll be joined by the creator and festival uh, creative director for Loomis Festival, Andrew Laking. Now this is a midwinter festival celebrating the winter solstice and lots of exciting events happening all across the city um, in all different kinds of art. So don't go anywhere because Andrew will be telling me all about that. I'll also have a roundup of everything that's on our stages this week uh, and a look at what's going on at the New Zealand box office on the silver screen. At the tone, record your message. Thanks. 
Wedding Singer musical arrives in New Zealand this week, bringing a slice of 80s nostalgia to the Opera House stage as a talented Australian cast deliver the musical version of one of my favourite 90s movies, which of course starred Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Now, Christian Cherisiu, he plays Robbie Hart, the wedding singer himself in the show, and he joins me now. Christian Kiora, welcome to Access Radio. Kia ora, thank you so much for having me. Now, first of all, after the frustration and the pain of the last few years, how exciting is it to be touring a large-scale musical, obviously first around Australia earlier this year, but now overseas here to New Zealand? I think I would have to be one of the luckiest performers in the world right now to be able to do that. I mean, I never thought we'd be here uh, this soon, um, you know, I think we're all we're all feeling so excited to bring uh, an exciting production and bring entertainment to the masses again. It's just, yeah, it's a blessing and very uh, thrilling. Yeah, you're the first Australian company to to come over to our shores with a full scale musical since I think the Book of Mormon was sadly cut short in March 2020. How much of a roller coaster has it been for this show? Because I remember it was originally meant to come last year. You've had to battle lockdowns and delays in Aussie as well. Has there been times where you felt you might never get this show on the stage? Oh, 100%. I mean, when we were rehearsing the first time, I think we, we felt very lucky that we got through rehearsals and then we managed to open um, in about May last year. And then all of a sudden our Melbourne season got cut short, but we managed to flee the state and get into Queensland for one of our last legs. And then just as we were about to uh, uh, go into rehearsals for uh, New Zealand, things, uh, well, the bubble shut. Um, so that's when things really got thrown in the air. But um, it was definitely a struggle and it was definitely uh, hard times. But I mean, I think we're the most resilient show of the last 12 months at the very least. And we've been lucky to have uh, three inceptions of this show. Um, and it's only gotten better every time. So we're just so excited to bring this version again. Nice. Uh, and what was the sense you got from audiences who came and saw the show? You had Sydney and Melbourne seasons a few months ago. Was it just sheer relief and fun for them to be back out and having a fun night at the theatre? Absolutely. I mean, the first time we opened the show, uh, it felt like a rock concert. And that was audiences, I think, just letting out this amazing burst of energy uh, because they were just like, thank goodness, it's all back. And this show is nothing but fun. It's asking the audience to come in, enjoy the glitz and glam of the 80s, rock out with us and just laugh your head off. So uh, Sydney and Melbourne loved the heck out of it, the, the, even the second time coming back to Melbourne. And so it's just been an amazing response and that they give us as much energy as we give them so it's it's been brilliant awesome hopefully we can live up to those crowds over here now when you heard there was going to be a production of the wedding singer happening what were your first thoughts were you a fan of the movie um i actually nearly uh didn't even audition because i was like no way a movie (laughs) turned into a musical what are you talking about however i did my research i listened to it and and uh i fell in love and i mean who doesn't love the wedding singer it's just one of the best comedies that's ever been made so uh, i think this actually amplifies the movie to like 13 like it dials it up to a crazy level and i just love doing it i i've I've had the best time (laughs) nice Uh, and once you were cast as robbie hart did you deliberately sort of try and avoid watching the movie anymore or has that kind of been a key reference point for you in going to rehearsals I'm a, so I'm a really good mimic. So it's a fine balance. Like as in, I 
I, I want to know because like we're, we're like I said, we're doing a, the, the musical version of the movie. So we have to sort of, you know, we have to take influence from what has been, from what Adam Sandler did, from what Drew has done and and put that in there and then put our own spin on it. So I did watch it a few times, um, first couple of times because I loved it. The second times were to study it. And then <laughs> and then uh, the third time was just for good measure. And um uh, so yeah, yeah, I definitely watched it a few times, but I've, I've stopped now because, um, you know, like I said, it's a musical version, so it's just, it's, it's what you know, but different. So, um, I, I, I don't think I can quite bring everything from the movie into it because, well, it was a movie the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, what's been the most enjoyable part of playing Robbie Hart or, or what did you find the most challenging initially to get to grips with? Do you pl- like, do you play guitar in the show? Um, so that was one of the biggest challenges. I, I'm, I'm not the most incredible guitarist, but I play three times in the show. Nice. Um, and before I went into rehearsals the first time, I actually had injured my finger on my, on my left hand that does all the, the work. Um, so that was a big challenge in itself. The track, my, my role is huge. I'm on stage for about two hours and 15 minutes out of wow. two and a half. So it's, it's a big, it's a big one. So finding the stamina, finding the energy for it, but the best part for me has, um, has been the uh, just I've been working with the best cast for like the last year and so that has been so enjoyable and and the music is infectious the the I mean the choreography I'm I'm not the world's greatest dancer I know I'm in musical theater it's fine um <laughs> but um I've wanted to do the every single step in this show because the choreo is just incredible so uh I've just I don't know the whole thing has just been this amazingly infectious um journey so uh, uh robbie though as a character he's the biggest sweetheart that has the biggest mental breakdown and it's the funniest and, <laughs> and most heartwarming <laughs> journey um and so playing that and learning from that is has, has just been a blessing nice and i mean it's the 80s right it's this incredible time i mean i wasn't around then i'm guessing neither were you or at very least maybe no more than a young child but but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but just the the fashions the music the movies the time just seems so rich to celebrate and recapture on stage how much have you all enjoyed the costumes and the parts of the 80s the show pays tribute to well, I'm currently going on over 12 months with a mullet. So if that's any <laughs> any idea, it's become a part of me now. Um, but everybody has like, you know, we've got one of the cast members has had to have um, sideburns for a whole year <laughs> now as well. But the costumes are big puffy sleeves, velvet, neon in its coloring, um, the, 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 the music. I mean, I, my, my pre-show is listening to 80s bangers. So nice. I just go ahead and rock out to the 80s before I go on stage. And I think that's like, yeah, sure, the 80s is looked back at in a really nostalgic way. Um, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine for looking at the glam of the 80s. I don't need to worry about the other stuff. So it's just been really, really cool to, to dip into that time um, when, yes, unfortunately, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> And it's a classic rom-com, right? This in the purest sense of the form. It's almost something I think Hollywood stopped making as much of these days. It feels like people just love the story. They love the characters. Is there any, is it a little bit daunting in some ways going in knowing there's this expectation people have having seen and loved the movie? Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I think they don't make movies like that anymore. You're right. Um, I think, uh, Audience have, audiences have not been disappointed. And in fact, every time they've come to see the show, they're surprised at what the musical does for that storyline. So I did feel initially there was a bit of that, oh gosh, can, can, you know, there's a lot of expectation here. You know, can we keep up? But in fact, after the first few times of doing the show and getting audience responses, 
they loved it more because I think the musical actually really amplifies the will they won't they story that whole the classic rom-com and and I think Adam Sandler rom-coms are really um they're not asking much of you it's a very simple journey it's asking you to just fall in love with them and hope they work out and that's exactly what the musical still keeps in play and and it's it's so nice to be able to do that every night. It's such an easy and beautiful love story. Nice. And tell me about the cast you've got coming over to New Zealand with you. It's almost twenty strong, isn't it? There's a there's a great scene over in Australia, right? It feels like. I mean, there's what so many shows going on over there, and so much experience and talent coming through. Oh yeah, I think we we're, we're, we're going to have like almost more shows than theaters available <laughs> in this country, um, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, we've got um, the wonderful Stephen May, um, who was one of the original Jersey Boys. Wow. We've got Elise McCann now playing Julia, um, and she was Miss Honey in um, uh, Matilda the Musical. We've got Romy Vuxen, we've got Tom Shira, we've got this amazing ensemble. Like I have never seen athletes in my life dance there for their for their. Um, for their lives um, but our, our team is I mean we've only been in rehearsals for about nine days now no going on 10 and we've nearly got the show up so if that's anything to go by where you're in good hands and we've got a heck of a team and um, I'm just, we're, we're laughing our head off the whole way I mean you shouldn't laugh at yourself in a comedy <laughs> but we do so <laughs> nice nice well we're very excited to see the show here and for you personally what are you most excited for about coming to New Zealand do you've got have you got any plans to sort of travel around in between or after the Wellington Auckland seasons Yes, yes. We may have a bit of time between cities at this point in time, between Wellington and Auckland. So I'm really excited to actually experience um, uh, New Zealand audiences because I, don't, like, I know it may not be too different, but, you know, like you just said, we've got a heck of an industry here. So it might be a really different energy coming to New Zealand. So I really want to experience that. But I want to see the beautiful um, country you have there. I've been to Auckland a couple of times, um, but I really want to go and explore. So go see some nature and I know it'll be a bit cold, but you know, <laughs> a bit of cold never hurt anybody. <laughs> so yeah, going to go and explore the country a bit. Nice. Well, we're very excited that you are coming to visit and very excited for the show. The Wedding Singer opens at the Opera House here in Wellington this Friday, the 10th of June and runs until Sunday, the 19th. Get your tickets from Ticketmaster now. The show then moves up to Auckland to the Bruce Mason Centre from the end of June. So if you know people up there, tell them as well. Christian, thank you so much for your time and all the very best. Break a leg for opening night. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Down far beneath my skin If I do it enough Surely I will win This battle between you and I I'll never lose a fight The largest river flows inside my veins I can seal myself from these ugly truths A pattern I designed and weave back in my youth This olive leaf in my hand I will not extend I will always fight until the end Coming from a mile away It don't matter what you say I'll surely stay 
I don't mind rain or shine, I'm always a happy to wait. Pleasure or disdain, give or take. I am blinded by my love for you, my dear. This pain you put me through, I will still be here. Sirens to protect me have gone off through the night. I've lost my compass and I've lost what's right. is an annual arts festival that takes place in locations around Wellington with a focus on staging new works that are fantastical, mystical and transformative. The festival occurs around the time of the winter solstice. It starts uh, this week. It began back in 2016 and the festival's creator and creative director Andrew Laking joins me on the line now. Andrew, kia and welcome to Access Radio. Hello, nice to chat. Now, this festival continues to evolve and go from strength to strength. How how's 2022 stacking up? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's looking good, I think. I mean, I would say that. But um, <laughs> I guess every year we, we run the festival, a few more people know about it and more artists become aware, aware of it and it becomes easier to collaborate with people uh, in advance and create the shows. Um I think probably the most challenging thing with this festival is that it is mostly new work. So um, each year we're sort of relying on uh, finding, basically creating 10 to 12 shows wow. uh, from scratch and putting them out there. So it's kind of a slightly crazy proposition, but um, it makes for an energetic couple of weeks. Yeah, that's it. It's really exciting, right? Like I've seen over the last month, I've been seeing that Binge Culture are touring the Aotearoa with their latest work, Werewolf, right? And I was thinking, where where is it? Why is it not here? But it's 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 part of this festival, right? Well, actually, um, they they premiered Werewolf last year at Loomis. Ah, okay. Um, and now that, yeah, and now they're touring it. I think they've just finished a nationwide tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year they're doing a kind of follow-up event. Right. Werewolf's kind of like a, it's sort of, plays on a lot of horror tropes. Um, so they've come up with this, like, in classic sort of horror style, um, Werewolf 2, which is the follow-up to the original Werewolf, um, mm-hmm. which they're putting on this year. And this time it's kind of 
it's more of an immersive game than a theatre show. Oh, uh, they have moderators and people wandering around, but um, yeah, it's, it's sort of basically an immersive game based on. There is a game called Werewolf, and they've based it around that. Nice. So that should be fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about a few more of the events uh, in just a, a few minutes. But uh, going back to 2016 and obviously creating and starting this festival, I'm just keen to know, what was your thinking behind that? Did you sort of see a bit of a gap in this time of the year where there could be more going on to celebrate the arts? Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking too far in advance, really. Um, <laughs> I just, we just put on one event and it was um, a sort of community food event up at, uh, Vogelmorn Bowling Club, um, right. and we, we sort of added in a bunch of uh, some music and other aspects to it, uh, and that went really well. And then from that, we started adding more events each year, um, standalone arts events, theatre events, music events, and still food events, but it just kind of emerged organically out of that. Nice. Um, and I think for the time of year, um, I've just always enjoyed putting on events in winter, I find it a good time to to go out and you know eat some nice food or um, catch a good show. Yeah, for sure. And for were you now when it comes to to programming shows and events as part of the festival? What are the what are the sort of ingredients or the things that you're looking for in a show or an idea? Uh, well, the whole festival is fairly fantastical and a little bit dark, mm-hmm. um, a little bit carnivalesque. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess we're just looking for um, sort of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things like shadow puppetry and um, it's it's very mystical and creative in that way. Um, I guess it's quite quite sort of classical in some ways too. Um, it's, yeah, it, um, there's a lot of, I'm just looking at the program now, it's probably easier to just describe the program, but <laughs> there's like an occult history tour uh, that Jesse Bray Sharpen is putting on. Um, it, there's a lot of, we've got, we've involved this year um, Trick of the Light Theatre who um, play a lot with shadow and illusion. Um, I guess there's an element of magic to a lot of the styles. Um, there's also an element of maybe a little bit ritualistic. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit hard to describe it all because you can't, it's, it's not like strictly tightly themed very, very tightly on across the whole thing because we can't really we can't really do that. But but broadly speaking, I guess that it, it sort of encompasses those general kind of touch points. Nice, yeah. And I really like, like yeah. <laughs> I really like how it's across so many different disciplines as well, right? It's not just theatre, it's not just music, it's it's or anything. It's just a mix of stuff, right? And this this year in particular, uh, the festival coincides with a spectacular super full moon on the fourteenth of June, where the moon will be at its closest approach to Earth. It'll be about fourteen percent bigger than normal. Um, so you've created this one-off immersive uh, electronic music event under glass at the Begonia House. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, well, that's going to be really fun. Um, it's got a great lineup of musicians. Um, Toby Lang uh, from the Lab Coats, and probably better known from playing the Fat Freddy's Drop. Uh, Ricky Gooch, who I imagine mm. everyone knows from <laughs> all number of <laughs> amazing bands across New Zealand. And um, Parks, who um, works with Lady Six and, uh, and other groups. Um, yeah, I mean, we just sort of, I guess, I've, I've sort of, got really into finding really interesting locations that it, that, that kind of makes it kind of makes the events 
have a kind of one-off feeling about it, which I think is great. If you can go to an event that's in a non-standard venue uh, with, it, and in this particular event, it's under glass and it's going to be a super full moon as well. Um, I think it sort of creates this extra kind of element, the extra ingredient of magic for the for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be great, and they're um, they're all playing since um, a, a really eclectic <laughs> collection of synthesizers. Um, so it's going to be, I guess, a little bit experimental. Um, yeah, journey through electronic music. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've never been to an event at the Begonia House, so that you're right. That in itself is a is a curiosity, right? That's going to be amazing. And and similarly, Fantasia on the 18th of June. I don't, is that the Dom Polsky Club? I don't know where that is. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a club in Newtown, down nice. the sort of back end of Newtown, heading out through towards the zoo down there. Um, that's a really interesting gig. That we've been doing these procession events along the waterfront since mm-hmm. about 2017. Yeah. And one of the guys involved in that, uh, a guy called Jake Baxendale, who's a saxophonist and composer, he's been playing in that throughout in these processions, and he's been writing quite a lot of music for it. Um, so I went up to him earlier in the year and said, would you be interested in sort of expanding on that, writing a whole suite of tunes uh, and playing all this music in a concert gig setting um, so that's what that is. So he's got like a 10-piece ensemble performing with him. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And it's, it's, so it's going to be kind of like capture the spirit of the those processional ritualistic events that we've done on the waterfront, but take that onto the stage. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely one to check out. Um, also, lovers of film are sort of catered for with this because um, composer and musician Justin Firefly has written three new scores to be performed live with an ensemble for a series of brilliant silent short films at the Roxy, uh, Cinderella the Scarecrow and A Trip to the Moon. Um, that's on the 16th of June. That's pretty awesome to, to sort of head up to the beautiful Roxy and do something like that, right? Yeah, it's an amazing cinema and I really like that format of... Um, composing new music to, to silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of adds a, adds a slightly more contemporary edge to it. And what, what Justin's done amazing, he's, he's got together um, four different electric guitar players, so it's, it's going to be like a real sonic experience with these four amazing guitarists all, all writing music, mm-hmm. um, all playing together underneath the film. I think it's going to be a really nice event. And it's just a beautiful cinema as well and a beautiful setting. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. Yeah. And um, there are free events as well, right? I'm really excited. Um, I love going at Mount Victoria, um, having a walk around there. But this time I can download an app from uh, the 10th of June, walk up or down it or both, um, and take in Ruby Solly's uh, timescales. Um, beautiful new composition responding in real time to your altitude. Yeah, that's right. Um, so basically we've... We haven't quite finished the app yet, but it'll be ready in time for the <laughs> 10th of June. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a whole series of music that's kind of layered up. And as you get higher or lower, uh, the, the music basically follows your elevation. Wow. And it, 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 um, it sort of crossfades a whole lot of different tracks and evolves. So if, if you walk really fast, you'll go through the experience more quickly. But if you stop, it, you'll kind of get into these little loops. And if you move slower, it'll progress slower and it'll take longer to gradually unfold as you walk up or down. Nice. Um, it's a bit of an experiment, that, but um, I've listened to the music already and it, it's 
the music's sounding amazing. So, um, yeah, we haven't actually tested that live yet. That's next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very excited to try all sorts of different routes around Mount Vic and just see what sort of impact that has. But yeah, that sounds awesome. And you mentioned um, Trick of the Light as well. Obviously, they're getting involved with a brand new work. I mean, that's huge, right? They're probably one of our most successful theatre companies, right? I think so. And I'm actually really happy that they're part of Loomis this year. Because um, I think in many ways, they kind of encompass the, what the festival is, I don't know, kind of about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen their shows, but they're extremely magical and, uh, yeah, it's just great how they work with darkness and light and um, they're just very clever about how they make their shows and um, really good with narrative as well. So this is a, it's a new show that funded development. Um, so it's just a 25-minute show, um, but, it's, yeah, it's a really good chance to see what they're working on and, yeah, they've got a great reputation. It's been a lot of interest in, in that show. Yeah, I can imagine. And for you at this stage, what's your greatest hope for this year's festival? Um, I guess in pandemic times, is it really just to try and get everything everything on? I guess there's a lot of extra contingency planning that's that's come around with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously we're feeling pretty happy, <laughs> touch wood, <laughs> at the moment that we'll get there. Um, yeah, I mean, it has been a, a bit of a journey getting here. We lost a few shows because of COVID, it kind of threw spanners in the works in terms of, because you're creating new shows, um, yeah, some of them just didn't quite get there. So, um, But we had we had quite a lot of shows that we were ready to put on. So we've got other shows that have, we had enough content anyway. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we're feeling good about it. I think we're going to get there and we'll be able to get through, get through it without any, any COVID interruption, which is great in itself. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to get out there. And when, for you, when does the planning start for 2023? Is it almost straight after you wrap up this year's festival or have you got shows that haven't made it this year that are just waiting in the wings for next? It's funny you should ask that, yeah. Um, there's always some shows that you get you get kind of 20% into it and you realise, oh, this is actually going to take a lot longer than, <laughs> than we thought. So, yeah, there's, there's already sort of three or four things that we just quite early on decided, oh, no, let's just push this back another year. And the same goes for this year. There's a few shows that we started thinking about the year before, but um, it was just a bit, yeah, a bit too much to get them together. I mean, it's sort of, it's a bit of a crazy undertaking trying to <laughs> get so many new shows together. Yeah. But uh, for me, that's part of the fun of it. I just love the idea if you can go out and see something completely new. Absolutely. Um, that nobody really knows. <laughs> Nobody's seen it. There's no review. It's just sort of a, you just kind of read a blurb and, and look at the artists involved and maybe there's a, little, a short little trailer and then decide to go, which is, I think, a lot of the audiences that come to Loomis, uh, you know, they, they sort of, it's, they like that vibe. They're an audience that likes to experiment and try things out and try one-off things and, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you can find out more um, about the full program. It's at uh, the website uh, lomis.nz. Now that's spelled L-O-E-M-I-S dot N-Z. And you'll find out all about uh, the program. Some of the events are already sold out. So do check it out and get your place. And don't miss out. Um, Andrew, all the very best for this year's festival. And uh, yeah, hope to see you out and around in the city. Yeah, I hope I'll see you there. Yeah, great to chat. Eagle rising I talk a lot of bullshit
So what else is on in Poniki on stage this week? Let's do a roundup of everything that you can check out uh, this week. Now, it's the final week of Cringeworthy, the 80s at Circa Theatre. Uh, do tune into our podcast from last week on accessradio.org.nz under Community Drive. You can hear from three of the cast of this slice of Kiwiana in the 80s, including the divisor director and star Andrea Sanders and cast members Susie Dunn and Devon Neiman. Um, they're joined with Matt Mulholland to get physical, get excited and get footloose as a high energy team take you on a journey showcasing some of New Zealand's biggest local and international hits of the 80s from John Stevens to the Mockers, the Holiday Makers and more. You're encouraged if you want to as well to get into the groove and wear your best 80s outfits, fluoro, lycra and mullets along to the show and mullets do seem to be back in fashion the more I'm seeing them out there Uh, but that's got one more week of performances Tuesday uh, through Friday at Circa One. And this week is also the week where you can catch, uh, for me, one of the highlights of ReFringe, the best of the fringe uh, from 2022. Presenting the Tifas is in Circa Two after sellout seasons at the Roxy and Bats back in February and March. Um, Ghost Like Wellington, the Tifas, your new favourite girl group, is made up of Wellington-based uh, drag queens. You can join them as they weave together musical theatre, drag hits and Waiata Māori to present an evening of fun, costumes, choreography and stunning vocals. Oh, and of course a flawless lip sync too as Jathan, Slay West and Rarity Ormond uh, supported by Cree Matthews, Joe Marta and Hayden Taylor on the keys. Uh, that runs through until Saturday circa 2, Tuesday to Saturday 7.30pm. So they are the two uh, shows on in circa this week. Elsewhere in the city uh, there is Raw Meat Monday um, at the uh, Fringe Bar 
tonight, Tuesday night comedy at the Powwow Room, 8 o'clock tomorrow. There is Wellington Raw Comedy Quest Heats at the Fringe Bar on Wednesday. Uh, Imaginary Porno Charades um, at Fringe Bar on Thursday from 8 p.m. And on Friday, Barb's and Nicki Minaj drag show at the Ivy Bar from 9.30, as well as Burlesque Baby um, at the Fringe Bar from 7.30 on Saturday. Over at Bats, it is the uh, it is the Toy Fakari double bill for 2022. And Bodgie uh, opens that up at 6.30 on Friday, presented by Anya Tate Manning. It's Wellington in 1956 with youth in revolt, a world of misfits, outcasts, juvenile delinquents, sexual immorality and the birth of rock and roll. Uh, That one uh, opens at 6.30 at Bats on Friday. And the second one is Matanui, which is presented by Mitch Tafi Thomas. It's a kitchen sink drama set in 1970s Aotearoa, which seethes and explodes like a domestic opera up against a backdrop of one of the most turbulent times in our country's history. A troubled woman arrives to stay at her sister's house for support, but tension bursts when she clashes with her overbearing brother-in-law. So that'll be awesome. That's at nine o'clock on Friday. I think they switch um, starting times uh, from Thursday next week. So if 6.30 or 9 doesn't work, you can do the other one uh, later in the week. But tickets for both of those are available from Bats website. Also on this week, The Big Sing is taking place at the Michael Fowler Centre. This is the Wellington uh, Festival. Um, Despite the challenges of recent months, an exciting lineup of 31 different choirs are set to take the stage and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Choirs will perform two pieces and the usual two-day event has been condensed into a one-day extravaganza with sessions at 9.30am and 2pm, followed by a blockbuster gala concert at 7pm on Thursday, where each choir will perform one item. So don't miss out. That's your chance to hear some wonderful performances of some fabulous choral music. And uh, yeah, all of that's happening this week on the stages in Pornaki. Very exciting. As well as, of course, what you've heard about today with uh, Loomis Festival uh, starting this weekend and the Wedding Singer Musical, the five-time Tony-nominated musical uh, on our stages for the very first time. So get along and have a party at that and go and see all the other shows going on across the city this week. Now stay tuned because in a few minutes time I'm going to take a look at the silver screen and what's going on at the box office. We are going to be talking to the director of this year's Doc Edge uh, Documentary Film Festival um, next week. So we'll look ahead to some of the programme for that and the big new release, Jurassic World Dominion. Underneath it, there's no 
We've just got time now to take a look at what's happening on the silver screen, the big screens around Pornicky. Um, of course, the big film at the moment that everyone is uh, seeing is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, last weekend, its opening weekend, uh, it opened to the second uh, highest gross of the year, just behind Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Tom Cruise reunites with his Oblivion director, Joseph Kaczynski, in this long-awaited sequel to the 1986 Military Actioner. The film star co-stars Jennifer Connelly and Miles Teller, um, as well as John Hamm. It's Peter Maverick Mitchell, Tom Cruise, still working as a Navy test pilot 30 years later, but who finds himself having to mentor a team of Top Gun graduates, one of whom is the son of Maverick's late friend, Goose. It's an unprecedentedly dangerous mission. It's 97% positive reviews, and it is sweeping the box office globally. So that, until Thursday at least, is the film that you'll see on the biggest screens around Pornicky. Um, but there were a few new releases over the weekend um, as well. Hatching is one of them. It's a interesting Finnish horror film about a young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother, but discovers a strange egg, which, when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. And this one is incredibly well received as well. It's got 92% 
positive reviews. Um, highly original coming-of-age thriller uh, with the director skilled at keeping the tension high while finding amusing pockets of pure comedy in the film that's hatching uh, in some independent cinemas. Also, across all of the Lighthouse and Penthouse cinemas is Mothering Sunday, a World War I romantic drama um, following a maid who plans to meet with the man she loves before he leaves to marry another woman. It stars Oscar winners Olivia Colman and Colin Firth, and it is at 77% positive reviews. Um, a little bit later, of course, than uh, Mother's Day with the title Mothering Sunday, uh, but it has been described as handsomely designed, meticulously shot, and impeccably performed, consistently intriguing and buoyed by a superb cast, a lush, aching, intelligent British drama with a splash of French sensuality. But looking ahead to this Thursday, I'm very excited that uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi's, um, one of his films that was in last year's uh, New Zealand Film Festival, is getting a general release. Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy also came out alongside Drive My Car uh, last year. Drive My Car, of course, so acclaimed and so successful in the awards circuit. But Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy also won the 2021 Silver Bear at the Berlin Film Festival, and it is a beautiful beautiful uh, trio of short female-driven vignettes. An unexpected love triangle, a failed seduction trap, and an encounter that results from a misunderstanding are all told uh, in this beautiful, beautiful Japanese film. And uh, it's a wistful, moving, outwardly unassuming movie that is both playful, beguiling, and quietly affecting. Each story has just incredibly well done performances uh, it's peak Hamaguchi it's at 99% on Rotten Tomatoes as well uh, and it comes in at just over two hours so quite a bit shorter than Drive My Car uh, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy releases this Thursday uh, and I highly recommend you go and check that out also out this Thursday which of course you've probably seen everywhere and I'm very excited to see it as well is Jurassic World Dominion uh, Chris Pratt Bryce Dallas Howard are back and they're joined by the original 90s cast Jeff Goldblum Laura Dern and Sam Neill. It's the final entry in the latest Jurassic trilogy. Uh, Colin Trevorrow is behind the camera as well. And uh, yeah, very excited to see this from the trailers. It looks like a huge blockbuster for the Northern Hemisphere summer for our winter. A lot has happened since the last Jurassic World. The park's been destroyed. Dinosaurs now roam the Earth. And the lovable Velociraptor Blue has had a baby. Now the fate of humanity's at stake. Looking ahead to next week, a big Kiwi film releasing new Tuesday. Uh, Jackie Van Beek, uh, Jermaine Clement star in this. The entire film spoken in an improvised gibberish language with English subtitles from British comedian Julia Davis. Uh, there is a Q&A session for that at the Roxy next week, Selling Fast. Also, um, the latest film from Alex Garland, who did Ex uh, Machina and Annihilation, Men, is a horror sci-fi from A24 starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. Uh, that one is polarising audiences overseas. And Pixar's finally getting a film on the big screen with Lightyear, the Toy Story spin-off, telling the origin story of, of course, Buzz Lightyear. Um, that opens next Thursday as well. So we'll have more on that on next week's show. But for now, that is everything in the world of cinema and we will also be covering next week the Dock Edge Film Festival with one of the directors Aha the Movie I know is one of the films in that that I'm excited to catch 
That's all we've got time for for this week's Community Zone. A big thank you to my guest, to Andrew Laking. Loomis Festival kicks off this weekend, leading us into that winter solstice. And a big thank you to Christian Chirisiu. Uh, the Wedding Singer musical opens at the Opera House for two weeks only this Friday. And it's going to be a big old party celebrating the 80s and that classic Adam Sandler movie uh, brought to the stage. Um, big thank you again to you for listening. And we'll be joining you next Monday with more more interviews of what's happening across Pornicky on stage and screen with the Dock Edge Film Festival. Uh, it's underway online now, but there will be special uh, in-cinema screenings coming from the start of July. We'll find out more about that next week, as well as everything that's coming across our main stages. Um, Akashwani is on the way next, but for now, have a very safe and happy week. I'll see you next Monday. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.